0: Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Amateur Hour, the singing podcast about sports. Just kidding. It's a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. <laughs> and let's talk Amateur hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 58, (laughs) 58. I'm excited to be here and we're going to talk about sports. Now, this is going to be a very basketball focused episode. So, disclaimer if you don't like basketball, Uh, just turn it off right now. Just kidding. We're going to have tidbits. We're going to have jokes. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. But we're going to talk about the basketball playoffs because that is what is on everybody's mind right now, the playoff picture, the ethics of manipulating playoffs, people doing well, people not doing well, superstars, not superstars, the whole bit. We're going to talk about all that stuff today. So as we get into this episode, we're going to kick things off with nothing else but The Weekly Highs. The Weekly Highs. So I have the highs of this week, and my personal weekly high is that I actually had a really good protein shake today. I went into one of those little, you know, kind of nutrition bars, and for me, I found that those can either be a hit or a miss. This one was hitting. Cookies and cream, it was delicious, and it was really satisfying, and it was like seven bucks, which... I feel is a reasonable price to pay for a protein shake. You know, I'm not going to do that every day, but
1: eh, pretty good. Shrey, do you like protein shakes? It depends. I feel like I haven't had the best luck with them. Sometimes uh, depending on the shake, it can be kind of metallic tasting, but <laughs> and especially with anything protein. Yeah. Um, like I think I have more experience with protein bars than I do protein shakes. Definitely so with bars at least there are some bars where you're like ugh, like the aftertaste like okay yeah it tastes like uh-huh. peanut butter but the aftertaste is kind of booty <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, mm, i'm getting
0: hints of um feces yeah that's good <laughs> yeah, like this is,
1: this tastes like aluminum <laughs>
0: Mm, yeah. Anybody else taste uh, iron and blood? Yeah. Oh, just me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's the same thing. I taste. Um, you know. Have you ever? So, have you ever had the Diablo sauce at Taco Bell?
0: Oh yes. It's, it's not like, okay. It's not that it's hot not though.
1: Yeah, but it's not. It's not good
0: as well. <laughs> right, because we've talked about this before. You you spice to add flavor you don't just spice to make it hot mm. it's never good when you spice just to preach. make it hot you spice for
1: flavor preach 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 yeah it's <laughs> it's got it it's got to be intended
0: yeah exactly right okay so what uh Shrey, what would you say is your i just want to get a quick opinion what would you say is your top tier favorite protein bar
1: oh like i'm like like i always love a cliff Bar. Yeah. I'm so I I think I think a cliff bar tastes the best. It's it's not the most cheap, but it tastes the best. I think,
0: yeah. I mean, they're like they're like nine, ten bucks for a box of five,
1: yeah, yeah, which is a lot, which is a lot. But at the end of the day, like you want you want to taste something that's good rather than pay for something that will taste bad.
0: that's a pretty good rule of thumb yeah i like that one <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well that's yeah that that is good cliff bars i mean you really can't go wrong they got a lot of flavors they in i agree Trey. they taste delicious other ones yeah, yeah you're tasting blood aluminum and feces <laughs> not not yummy over to the sports world uh, my high is also basketball focused, so this is truly a basketball episode. Nikola Jokic. Hi, guys. I want to play basketball. Uh, he is a historic player. I mean, we already knew that he was a historic Why talent. does he
1: sound like Bro Bolby Stroganovsky?
0: <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Slap, slap, slap. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> guys, <laughs> I just, you put the ball in my hand. <laughs> I like to pass it. <laughs> Yo, bro, Aaron Gordon, please cut to the basket. (laughs) 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 So anyway, so we knew that Jokic was good, but he has had the first season in NBA history out of all players ever. He is the first one to score 2000 points, get a thousand rebounds, and have 500 assists in a single season. I mean, talk about numbers, talk about stat line, and then talk about impact. Right? He's not just a top scorer. I mean, 2,000 points is that's a lot of points in a season, you know. And then a thousand rebounds on top of that. So now you're you're a 20 and 10 guy. That that's awesome. And now you're a 20, 10, and five guy with 500 assists on a season as a center. Insane.
1: Yeah, I think specifically what's more insane about it is when it comes down to the MVP race and how we've kind of for the majority of the season talked more about Embiid than kind of how he plays with, and plays in a sense of like how the field is with Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. And Embiid, unbelievable season, you know he's been the front runner for a reason in the MVP race, but it shows just how close this race has been. I think people kind of underestimate, even though Jokic is up there, right? We keep him in the same breath, but he he we still underestimate him a little bit because of how the Nuggets are as a team. And I think now seeing this stat, right, and how it's a historic stat; it's the first time in the league history. That this is even a possibility for a player in the NBA. It shows that how close this race really is. This is like this isn't this isn't any joke. Like I remember talking about guys. <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> okay, remember... my name is funny. <laughs> I have joke. It's Joker in my name, but it's
0: not not a joke. <laughs> I also say, Just before you continue, I want to make note that yeah. in that MVP race. The Nuggets have won 48 games this season. The Sixers have won 50. Now, it's a difference, difference between a fourth seed and a sixth seed, but right. it's
1: only two games.
0: So the impact is still felt there regardless.
1: Yeah, I think, I think conference definitely has a lot to do with that. I think people look at Jokic in the West and say, oh, but he only brought his team to a sixth seed. And then they look at Embiid and then say, oh you know, he has the opportunity to bring them to a third or, you know, stay at the fourth seed in the East, not realizing that the amount of wins are basically the same. The Western Conference is a tough conference. And there are teams that, there. Are, what is there, like three or four teams that have hit the 50-win 50, 50 mark in in the Western Conference? It's pr- it's pretty four. ridiculous how competitive. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous how winning that top of the field is for the Western conference. So to get 48 in that conference is no joke, not to mention he hasn't had Jamal Murray all season. He's had Michael Porter jr. For, for like two weeks. And even in those two weeks, he was horrendous. He was awful. (laughs) So, so, so to, to have all of that, right. To know, understand what, who he's playing with and, you know, Aaron Gordon, you know, as well he's played probably for the last couple weeks, maybe a week or two, he's not been great. Like, he's been super average and definitely not worth the contract they gave him so far. Painfully so, average, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, to have all of that and to under also understand that Jokic doesn't miss games, too. Like, he's been as healthy as it gets as a player this year. I think he's missed a couple games this year. But... It's like ridiculously healthy. He, he He's playing the way he's playing and he's playing at he he created. He had a feat that no one in the league history could complete.
0: Yeah, and that's so like, well, right. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. I agree. It's, it's a health thing. And just the raw numbers that he's doing without help. I watched the Denver Nuggets play without him. It's a hospital team. It's a hospital <laughs> team, even with Aaron Gordon. Right. I mean, and, and, and that's your start. Will Barton. Aaron Gordon, there's no Jamal Murray. There's no Michael Porter Jr. Who, wow, that guy got the bag and then just pff, peace. <laughs> Without Jokic, who are the Denver Nuggets? I'm sorry, Monte Morris is not carrying a team.
1: Well, Jokic, is their, Jokic is their identity at this point, Max. It's it's become yes. that, and 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 Shaq has talked about this a lot on Inside the NBA when he says, like, you need to make your others better. Yes, and Jokic, the identity of the Nuggets is Jokic is the primary ball handler, and if he does, and if, and as the primary like component to that team, if he had never made his others better, they'd be tanking. Like if he was like, I guess, just looking to score, and you know maybe get the double doubles and and things of that nature, they'd be they'd be like an eleven. 10-11 seed but because even if the others there's no like I guess second guy without with Murray not being there his ability to make the others look like like they can look like God sometimes like you know what I mean like when Monte Morris has like 25 and you're like man like Monte Morris played really well it's because the ball movement through Jokic is making him it it, making it's him putting him up. Well. it's
0: setting the table. It's setting the table for really easy shots and layups. And that, I mean, when you're an NBA player, I mean, you if you're open, you can assume that it goes in, right? Yeah. So the hard part is getting by defenses, creating crafty plays and and allowing yourself to get that open. And Jokic does that masterfully. So I totally agree. He's making guys who otherwise would be average or even bad Look like a comprehensive, well put
1: together team, full of athletes. Can I make an analogy? I liken it to the the Patriots with Brady in a sense. And let, let me let me yes. let me paraphrase by saying it's not the winning aspect; it's how they play, right? With the system, the with Nugget Brady. Brady
0: won <laughs> six Super Bowls, and the Nuggets don't even have a ring. <laughs> how can you draw that comparison?
1: The Patriots with Brady, the the Spurs with Tim Duncan, right. When we talk about, so when we talk about like the Spurs with Tim Duncan at the end of his career too, right? When Tim, when Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili, they're all old. You had a young Kawhi Leonard. How are they able to win a championship still, right? And it's because Tim Duncan was so focused on making other players better and fulfilling his role that they that they played so cohesive as a team same like with Brady the system in New England with Brady is so it's centered around Brady Brady makes everyone better they all play for him they all like rather than just play with him that's the thing with the Nuggets with Jokic they all play they all play for Jokic
0: yeah i i totally agree and that's kind of i mean that's that's the mark of winning that's that's the mark of that's impact and that it that well a a synonym, impact, you know, it's value. And -hmm. when you're thinking about the most valuable player who can contribute in all the ways that you need them to and make their teammates better, to me, it's kind of a clear cut, right? Because you can dissect stats and you could say, oh, well, this person averaged da-da-da-da-da. And again, you look at winning, it's about the same. But if you think about like kind of the help, I mean, Embiid, and B there's still like talent there's still like you know star talent on the Sixers and I know they didn't have Simmons and I know that James Harden was a late add and I know that Tobias Harris isn't really a superstar but he still has guys like you know Ty- Tyrese Maxey and all these like role players Farkin Corkmas and all these guys he he has pieces around him Jokic Like they like the Sixers could hold their own without embiid with the Nuggets without Jokic,
1: bad. Yeah, and I think specifically it's the people that like I I saw online, because obviously I don't watch the show live, because why would I? It's that uh Nick Wright show first things first. But I saw I saw a clip online that someone reposted and it was him saying like, "Oh, the computers are telling you it's Jokic, and why should I? You know, why should I accept what your computers have to say and everything?" And it's like, "Dude, what? Why? <laughs> like, why are you bringing? Yes, the analytics are telling are will tell you that Jokic has had an incredible season, and you don't even have to look into any deep analytics. Just look into the the five main categories, and he, you can show that." Jokic has an incredible season but also like if you've ever watched with Uh, your eyes both both Jokic and Embiid you wouldn't have to make the argument for Embiid in that way you wouldn't have to downplay Jokic's season using oh I don't want to trust your computer to say that Embiid had a better season you can say straight up okay fine Jokic has had an amazing season he's had like one-of-a-kind season but in terms of You know what he has meant and how he has played the game and how dominant he's been in spots. I'll pick Embiid, and no one would have an issue with that. But to 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 kind of downplay Jokic's season just so you can make your point about Embiid, just in a way that most people, if they've watched the games this season, would never do, is ridiculous to me. Like I don't see a reason to do that just to say that Embiid is a better fit for MVP this year. So.
0: Yeah, and I agree, and uh, guys, it's it's the big NBA cabal. They're trying to manipulate you into back-to-back MVPs for Jokic. It, it doesn't make sense. Look, you know, I'm a guy who likes to see different players uh, get these awards and stuff. <clears throat> Marcus Smart, DPOI. But... At the same time, when you look, and you're right, Stray, you're, you're right, Embiid has been utterly dominant, and you can make the case for Embiid, and like you said, people would just be like, okay, yeah, no, that's right, that's fair, because he is insane, but you can also just easily make the case for Jokic, and then it really just depends on how you define value, how you define the award, how you define the qualifications, that. You know, all that stuff considered is how you're going to pick your MVP. And really, you could pick either of them and I'd be OK with that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like how I felt when we were talking about the NFL MVP. And I said this on pod, too, when people are like, oh, no, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, then you're doing it all wrong. Or, you know, if it's not Tom Brady, then who gets the who who decides what the award means anyway? Like like that i kind of feel the same with this where it's like yeah i'm not gonna say like i don't care but also like whoever gets it deservedly got it that's how good a season that's how close this race is i would not i would not feel bad for the other person if one of them got it Like right. i wouldn't feel like oh they got robbed or anything so like that's how close it is like if if it were up to me all three of them Giannis included should be co-MVPs like that's how like I don't like good thing I don't have a vote and I won't get like shamed because I would make them all co-MVPs all right to me Giannis I Giannis
0: doesn't Giannis doesn't do it for me in the way that that Embiid and Jokic do only because Giannis like the Bucks team they're all healthy now like yeah Brooke Lopez is out they're all healthy now and Giannis is again an insane player but to me he just does it like I don't know I think that you could legit put Embiid or Jokic on just about any team in the NBA and then make them better and Giannis that's true too but I don't think to the same degree like if you took because people say oh LeBron should be MVP because of you know xyz if you took Jokic and put him on the Lakers same squad Russell Westbrook injured Anthony Davis you know Wayne Ellington, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. If you put Jokic in there, you maybe cut Dwight Howard, put Jokic in—that almost a championship team. Jokic could make that team actually work and be better.
1: Yeah, Jokic definitely this season showed how much he can do with less, and that was something that uh, that translated to wins. That he, like with LeBron, he was able to do a lot with less but it didn't translate to wins. And that was the only thing that kept him from being in this race. Cause if you look at the stats that LeBron put up this year, he should, you'd be like, why is this guy considered for the MVP? But then once you look at the table and you're like, Oh, because he put up 40 and then everyone else wouldn't help him out. And it just didn't result in wins. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Well, winning has to be a part of that equation it's always been a part of that equation so we, LeBron can't be in that mix this year so that's the one thing setting him apart is like yeah they both have had incredible seasons and LeBron has scored you know he's one of his top scoring years in his career so to be like oh he's to- scored the top in his like career and then not be considered is really a detriment to how the Lakers have played. So that's why, you know, that's why the that's why Jokic is going to make them better because he knows how to work with less, at least for this season. He's, he's he knew how to work with less.
0: Right. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about the Lakers in a few short minutes because that was not the season that people were talking about. So on that note, on some lows, um, we're going to get into the lows real quick and then we will talk about
1: the NBA playoffs yeah so you know i only have one low and that's gonna be that's gonna be just kind of it's just gonna be a low like i'm not gonna label or anything and it's specifically that we heard you know this morning that uh quarterback for the uh pittsburgh steelers dwayne haskins had passed away tragically uh because he was uh he was trying to cross a florida interstate and uh a truck hit him on the highway and, you know, I think it's a time to kind of reflect about, you know, this guy was 24 years old. He was a month off from being 25 and has his career gone the way that people imagined for him? Probably not. But I think people need to set that all aside and kind of look at, you know, this is a human that has, you know, has found has found a way to a team that, you know, has accepted him. And, you know, he was, you know, he was working on himself and he was working to be better. And he's still, you know, he's still, play, he was still playing football. It's not like he was out of the league or anything and people hadn't heard of him for a while. He's still, you know, he's still in the league and that means that he had the qualities to To be a player in this league, and you know he's had he had an incredible run at Ohio Ohio State, winning that championship, and you know that should still be put in the in the limelight. And it's just tragic to see someone that young, you know, be taken away from us. So that's that's you know praise out to his family, and his loved ones, and his friends, and I think that should kind of be stated at this point. I know there's some people online that have been especially I I know I saw I just saw a radio interview or something where someone was like talking all crazy about him and I was that's just it's just sad when a moment when someone who is who has not done anything to anyone passes away I don't think you know they just they don't deserve that type of treatment so you know that's just like a low
0: That's yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, well, really well said. And, And yeah, it's it's incredibly sad. It's again, you just you never know what can happen. So make sure that you really anybody your loved ones. It's just sad to say. I mean, like you said, he's 24 years old, 24. And really, in my opinion, his career was just starting like he was he was a first round pick. And like you said, whatever his football career was, he got to play professional football. And I think that's great. You know, it's, it's hard being a professional athlete and it's just incredibly sad to see something. Yeah. It just like an unfortunate accident happen. And, and for somebody to go online and to just, just berate somebody because of X, Y, and Z that has nothing to do with you or nothing. Like, it's not like he personally walked to your house and said, screw you, you know? And even then, like, come on, come on. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well said Shrey and, and, and prayers up for you know, Dwayne's family and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Now with that, we are going to uh, transition back and we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs and kind of the playoff picture that we're looking at right now. So Shrey asked me a question, and it's actually a really good question that I, I kind of want to pose to everybody. How, how ethical, and maybe 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 ethical is a strong word, but is it right for teams to kind of try to manipulate and pick and choose their standings in the seeding lineups in order to get favorable, more favorable or less favorable matchups? For example, you could find... Uh, any of the four through six through three seeds trying to, when the games are one to two games off, trying to intentionally throw games or win games so that they can get better opponents. I mean, what what are the ethics behind that? Is that okay? Is that something that's expected? Shrey, what do what you, like, how do you feel about teams manipulating their seeding standings?
1: Yeah, so, well, I, I want to just put out there that we're not talking about, like, I guess, throwing games we're talking about i guess in a sense of okay you know yeah we are a game or two off so let's you know rest a couple rest guys our here star and there players. like yeah we, we'll still try to win yeah we may we may we may lose this game but we're st- you know we're still gonna go out and play hard but obviously the talent that was once thought of that within that game is not going to be there and the reason this came up is because we uh, max and i were talking about the Bucks celtics game that just happened. And before the game, you know, that morning of uh, the Celtics released that Jason Tatum you know, was not going to play on the back-to-back and Al Horford as well. So I was, you know, I was thinking, I was like, ooh, this is interesting considering the Bucs and the Celtics, you know, this is a game that would have given the, the season tiebreaker between the two. And the winner, you know, would have automatically been the two seed. And it was also concurrent with the Brooklyn Nets playing the Cleveland Cavaliers that uh, I think it was that day or the next day. I think it was the next day. And if Brooklyn won that game, they would have the season series uh, being uh, 7-8 between Cleveland and them. And they would jump to the seventh spot. So if the Celtics had won that game, or yeah, against against Milwaukee, they would basically be locked in to a matchup versus Brooklyn. And it got me thinking that I was like, huh. Why rest Tatum and Brown on a national t- sorry, why would rest Tatum and Horford on a national TV game against the Bucs? That means a lot to the standing that could flip you a spot and so I was thinking I was like is that kind of is that is that a fair assessment of of what happened is that something that you know teams should be doing is that kind of playing with fire or playing with karma a little bit that oh we're gonna we're gonna basically we want to choose where we want to go by Oh, okay, we'll make a couple roster, you know, lineup changes here. We'll play the game then this way. And whoever's going to play is going to play hard, but we just won't have enough to win. And that's kind of what ended up happening in the game is that Tatum and Horford didn't Because they win. played hard. Sorry, Tatum and Horford they didn't hard. win. played hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they almost, they almost came out with that game, but you know they just didn't have enough, obviously, if Tatum had played. They probably would have. They probably would have blown out Milwaukee the way Milwaukee was. You know, it, it felt like it was, there were stretches where they were not. No one other than Giannis yeah. could get their shot. So it was interesting to see that. And I, I don't know. I feel like in a sense, especially this year, Br- Brooklyn was is playing. It, it, Brooklyn is playing in a way that was so up and down, and if the Celtics were playing. The way they said they were playing, and you know how they felt about their play, they shouldn't they shouldn't be worried in a sense of Brooklyn being healthy, because they should also have the talent to to come out of that to come out of that series victorious. I think just considering how the the teams were playing, I think obviously it's not a prime matchup first round matchup, but it would have been prime for the next round if they could have gone past Brooklyn and. Then getting Robert Williams in the next round, it would have been crazy. Like we would have, you would have had something. You would have had the, yeah. the juice to. You would have had the juice that oh, we just beat Brooklyn. Like, people would have to like look and be like, oh, they just beat the Nets in the first round.
0: Well, and then, but straight, straight. As soon as that happens, as soon as that happens, people would say, oh, well, the Nets aren't healthy, so that doesn't count. Because as soon as the Nets lose, that's what we're gonna hear. We're gonna say, oh well, Katie was out, and uh, you know, Kyrie. Da, 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 da. It's gonna be excuses, and that's what always happens.
1: But just d- before, before but that's we go a media, spec- that's a media thing. I know, I know. Well, that's also a fans thing too. So, yeah, but do you think, do you think that the the players would think that way, or do you think that they'd be like, oh, they just beat a really good team? We gotta be on watch. Like we gotta play them next. We can't. Um, like, I feel like that's more of like the outside that could mentality. Be- Okay, that's fair.
0: No, I, 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 no, I think that's fair. And um, before, before we go on to like the specific matchups, I just think that kind of manipulating. I don't know. You, you have to kind of do what you can in terms of strategy, right? At this point, the Celtics have won fifty mm. games. The Seventy Sixers have won fifty games. Bucks have won fifty one. Heat have won fifty three. Those are good seasons for those guys. Now, again, if you're not throwing mm-hmm. a game, but if you're, oh, resting our talent to kind of go up or down, that's fine to me because, well, and here's kind of what I'm scared about. And this is this is the one specific thing with the Celtics that I want to talk about. There are reports about a matchup in Toronto, and apparently a matchup in Toronto would be a worst case scenario for their home games because we would be allegedly – without a number of our star players because of the vaccine rules still in effect in Canada. Now, again, we've talked about the vaccine numerous times in this podcast. At this point, I, you know, the, whatever they're deciding to do, that's fine. But say it was Tatum, say it was Brown, say it was Robert Williams. If we lose those pieces in the playoffs, I mean, I know that we don't have Rob Will, but if it was Tatum or Brown or Smart, uh, that's a big deal and that could alter we could lose in the first round if that's the case if we just don't have them by default
1: so i think i think the player in question right now is jalen brown i think from what okay. i know tatum is vaccinated and i think brown i think um smart is vaccinated and horford just came out and said that he is vaccinated and he and will be ready if they had to play in toronto so i think the only person who hasn't come out and said that they're vaccinated as Jalen Brown, that's that's a worry, right? That even if it's just him, you already are down that's Robert strange. Williams for at least the first yeah. round. So if you're, if you're now going to be down Jalen Brown, or that's even a worry, then you, it's going to be tough to put yourself in a position where you would be in that series, right? So that's the one thing is like, yeah, we're now more likely to win... A series, you know, or or sorry, we're now more likely to play like a Chicago, who's reeling right now, and it's funny That's so bad, so bad. Our our friend Joe Soralo of Soralo Sports Talk found our found our tweet from when we uh had him on the pod, or like late last year when we talked about the Bulls. And he he was talking to stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Joe, you, you got that one right, right now. Yeah, they're really in the second oh, half." So he, oh, see, he retweeted I can't, No. Them. Oh my god, he did he did that. I didn't I didn't he check did. Twitter. Did.
0: No, listen, Joe, Joe, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> I need you to know the Bulls were good for the entire season. Yeah, okay, they're slipping right now, uh, but man, they were good for the entire season.
1: So I don't want to hear the, it. He he, oh. he didn't he. They are they are kind like they at least in the second half they've kind of been front runners. Like have you kind of felt that where if they're not up right in the second half right, at least. If they're not up it feels like they're they're not going to get back into it and like they've had like the game against the Hornets they just had where they just they just got posted. They just got stamped And then and then just shipped somewhere. Yeah, it was sealed and gone. Yeah, and gone. Yeah, (laughs) so like it feels like that's how they've been playing. And I think Joe (laughs) Joe took advantage of that when he tweeted at us, Uh, which I love. I love. I love the engagement. So I just think that yeah. To get back to my point is when when we talk about the spot we're in now. Yeah, we're more likely to play Chicago. And that probably would be a more favorable series for us, but now we've put ourselves in a position where if we don't win, and then we're we're obviously recording this before the last game of the season, but if we don't win this last game against Memphis, who now have back John Morant, right, and they're also in a in a thing about they they can switch spots with with Golden State, they're gonna play hard. So if we don't win that game. And Philly wins their game. Now we we're play, putting now we're we putting in Toronto, a, and it's a worse off series. Like like let's look at the scenarios. Would you rather have no Brown, but a series versus Toronto, who's playing really well right now? They're playing they're playing really well right now. Siakam is a is playing phenomenal basketball. Fred Van VanVleet is healthy. Uh, you know he's taking some rest days, but he's he's fairly healthy and Scotty Barnes, who's playing at a great, all, great level right now. Would you rather have, have no Brown for a series right then or have everyone that you possibly could versus a series in Brooklyn? I don't know. I just don't like the feeling of being upset without, your, without one of your best guys. You know, that's always a scare. Like, oh, yeah, we should beat Toronto. But, like, now there's more of an upset possibility if Tatum is more, relied on to do more and be by himself, I guess, in a sense. So- because
0: you can't win. We know that you can't win unless you're playing team basketball. And that's why the Celtics became so freaking effective because Tatum would make the extra pass. They called on the role players to step up. They called on the Derek Whites to get you three quick buckets. They called on the Peyton Pritchard to shoot those shots. They called on the Rob Williams to become the players that they needed them to be. And Tatum finally got over whatever he was battling with and said, all right, it's teammate time. And that's why they became so successful in the second half of the season. Yeah. Now, if you take that away, because of again, it's not arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. I mean, it's it it's a it's a big deal, you know. in and, and uh, yeah, it, I'm not going to talk on you know his actual status, but just say again, just let's just say for whatever reason Jalen Brown is out. Whoa, oh, that's tough, man. Especially because we actually have him healthy this year, which mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, last year he was. He played, but he was clearly battling some stuff in his knee that just made him less effective
1: than he normally is. And then he was out uh, with the wrist. And he was out with the wrist. So that ended his season. And then, you know, it, it, it feels like we were in a good spot with him. And hopefully, you know, he's just being coy about his situation. And, you know, he's obviously not, he doesn't have to tell anyone his you know, his health status or anything. So hopefully it's more just that rather than, you know, he's in potential danger, missing games and missing key playoff games because of it. I, I don't like the, I don't, obviously I don't like the, the opportunity that both could happen with, you know, being in Brooklyn for any, any game versus being in Toronto without Jalen Brown. So I'm looking at the optimum like from, from a half, Glass half full type of glass perspective full, where yeah. where yeah. we where we get Chicago and we don't have to deal with that, right? And we get our old team, and we're you know playing basketball to a point where we can win that series, and have Robert Williams hopefully. You know what I mean? I said I said I said this uh, to a couple of friends. I was like, hopefully, I hope they gave Robert Williams like that that titanium meniscus because oh. I really this is like I don't know how much better of an opportunity you can have and i i i want to make that super emphasize there this is probably the best opportunity we they've said had
0: that. we said that last year and then we said that the year before no
1: no 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 no. no. but 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 in a sense of how are we playing yeah to end yes. those years yeah right yeah like yep, you I may agree. think like okay you may think like okay on paper the Kyrie gordon hayward year when both of them are healthy should have been right everyone was like Tell me who's winning, like you know, all the memes and stuff. But then at the end of the year, we weren't playing well, and throughout the year, we weren't playing well. In this to year, watch,
0: tough to watch.
1: Yeah, and then compared to last year, also at the end of the year, you lose Brown right before the playoffs. Obviously, we're not expected to do anything, and we didn't. But then this year, to see how we started, and to see how hot we we got at the at the second half of the year. And now that we're, I I I saw a stat on Twitter where we're like number one, and I think we're number one in uh, net rating for the whole for for, as a team at least since January. At least since January. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's that. I mean, that's how that's how effective we've been playing, and that's how we that's how you should be playing going into the playoffs. You should be hot towards the playoffs the hottest teams can do the most damage. This happens in the NHL all the time. Right? Where it's like your team you no matter how crappy your team may have been playing, if you're hot right before the playoffs, that carries over. And in the NBA it doesn't happen that often and sometimes the talent prevails, but a hot team with talent, that has some that has some nature to to beat to, to clean be, up. To upset essentially yeah, I to mean upset, if we, if we... clean up.
0: Yeah. If we play the, you know, the Bucks Heat, 76ers, I mean, in the second round, straight, we could take, oh, man, 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 we could take
1: any of those teams. And tell me, when have we ever, like, when have, when we, have ever we ever felt, felt like this that? confident? Going into it's the playoffs. It's been years. It's been years. It <laughs> Go- hasn't been since Kevin Garnett that
0: I felt this good.
1: Because, <laughs> like, if you think, remember the year where we didn't have Kyrie or, he was injured and then that was the year 2017 yeah 2017 like that year was a great year in terms of but i didn't success. feel good but yeah. no one knew what was gonna happen no one thought that terry rogier and jalen brown and uh rookie jason marcus
0: marcus morris dude
1: yeah no one thought that any of them would take us far and they won two series and got to a third and made it to the game seven so that's when you thought you reflected, and you're like, oh, this ended up being a success of a season. I've never felt, oh, we have, I've never felt good going into a, a, a playoff thinking we actually have a shot. And even with Robert Williams being out, like Tice has found an opportunity to step up. I, I don't think he can to the level Robert Williams can, but I think from a from a defensive on ball he can play well. And I think the only thing that kind of restricts him from playing as well as Robert Williams is the height. So I they should be playing well, even with Tice. I know Robert Williams is a huge part, and it definitely bummed me out that he's not gonna be playing in this first round. He may not play for the rest of the playoffs. I think it's 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 very much speculation that, you know, he's gonna come back in the second round. I think people have kind of uh LeVar balled that in a sense to this is gonna be truth if we just say it. Enough. My son can do anything. It <laughs> <But> is not. <laughs> I saw a commercial. Not, it was it was like Lamelo in like the AT
0: T store. Oh, I saw my that. goodness! Oh, the brilliant commercial. I didn't like that. I didn't like that one. There though. goes my. I son. I didn't like that one. You didn't like that one. <laughs> I just like when the bar Ball came in and just gassed up Lamelo. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I like, I liked it. I like that. one. Well, so definitely. let's. So, straight. So <laughs> I just want to say. So, if we just. So, if we have, Hawks and Hornets, I'm taking Hornets because they're hot. Uh, actually, the Hawks have won seven out of three. But Nets and Cavs, I'm taking Nets. Cavs have been good, but it's the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, they've I, been
1: re- they've been they've been reeling. Um, I also I don't trust that evan mobley and jared allen are going to be fully healthy i think they're going to be ru- kind of back to yeah. get to into like but it's going to be tough because they haven't played in games and i feel like they're going to be rusty and in a in a one or two game situation i think they might come out because obviously they're in a position to win one of those games but it's going to be tough where they're they're they're, they're kind of rusty so I think they might still be the eight seed at the end of the day, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks like sweeped in the play in and they won uh they won the first game and then uh, No, don't no beat the I Cavs. can't no, I don't think
0: I think that's gonna be one of probably uh, I guess it oh no, it's not a series. You're right, it's a play-in, so it's
1: one game. So it's yeah, so it would be Hawks, Hornets, and then they winner would play the loser of Nets Cavs. And so if the Cavs won the game the second game even if they lost against the Nets they would still be the 8 seed. Yes. So I I think I think I think that's what's going to happen just because I think Jared Allen and Evan Mobley I think you're going to you're going to get um as long as Jared Allen plays I actually haven't heard anything about his status yet. But as long as he plays I think that's going to be tough especially with John Collins coming off an injury. I don't know if he's going to play. And I don't trust their big man group outside of that in, in terms of the Hawks, at least. So we talked about this last week.
0: If you guys want more details on our thoughts on the Hawks tune into last week's episode. Yeah. So I agree. uh, It's very, it's ambiguous,
1: incredibly ambiguous. It is, it is, it is, but it's going to be interesting to see. Definitely kind of how that playing pans out. (laughs) I, at least we know now man i i saw the nets at 10 and i woke up and they were at eight and i was like oh man there was a there was a point in time because when they, I was they like, just wow, decide the nets because be they just the say playoffs. hey well i know
0: i know and we thought about that and after we talk about this i want to go over to the western conference and somebody who lost it's a big deal <clears throat> lakers mm. but the <laughs> nets just say at a certain point and this is why i don't want to play the nets in the first round because they still have Freaking Kevin Durant, dude, and Kyrie Irving, who have both been healthy and heating the heck up. I don't care who else is on the team. You could take freaking eight Rajon Rondos, and they're still winning the, the 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 you know playoff games. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are that good. And when they decide they want to win a game, they go and win a game. Now I understand, you know, stuff happens, and that's why the Nets lost last year in the playoffs. But Kevin Durant literally said, "Hey, I want to win this game against the Bucks," and that's pretty much what he did if he was wearing a size 13 versus a size 35 the nets would have been in the conference finals
1: yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it, it, it's pretty it's pretty insane that you, you can't count them out right like as much as they've gone through the turmoil and the drama as long as who i think right now is the best offensive player in the NBA? Like it's not even close. It, it's just it's like you know what I mean. Like it's not even close. If he's on it's, the court, yeah, it's it's they could it's be a, they could be a ten seed. Yeah, they could be a ten seed. So that so yes, in a sense, in a sense, if the Celtics ended up having to play the Nets, I would not. I I would still be obviously. I Frustrated about their chances in a sense where I'm like, oh, like, man, this could be a disappointing season end because they're playing the Nets. But like that just kind of shows how the, the I have confidence in the Celtics this year going into the playoffs. And I was I'm, I'm kind of able to take a little bit off of that off of my mind where I was like, no, they, they should still be if they play team basketball and everyone's playing well in the playoffs, especially at home and you don't let the nets take one of these uh road games you should you should win a game you should you, you should win a series it should be a 6 7 game series but you should be able to win that series it's going to be tough so but yeah but i in, want in that any in the other, second
0: round i want that in the second round
1: yeah but it, but i'll also be disappointed if they lose in the second round you know that's how much confidence i have where it's like if they lost in the first or the second they should make the easter conference finals this year I think if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, Hot it's a disappointment.
0: Hot take. Hot take. Hot take alert, but I'm with it. I'm with it, Trey. If the Celtics... Put it here. We got it in writing. We got it in verbal writing. Yeah. If the Celtics don't make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, 2022, we will be incredibly disappointed and worried because, like you said, when are we going to have a better opportunity than right now? I mean, we made trades. We made roster changes. And, and you know and what people got will say? a better team.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know what people say is, oh, they look at the first half of the season and be like, oh, well, did you, did you ever expect this coming from a team that won twenty five and twenty five in their first fifty games? And it's like, no, but also, you need to change your expectations when people start to, to change their play, right? Like I'm not looking at the expectations of the first fifty games anymore. Because we're not, we're past the first 50 games. You, you need to look at the, the extended stretch of the season now. And that also includes how hot this team has been to end this year. And it's been a lengthened stretch too. It hasn't been two weeks. Like if it's only been two weeks, then I would be like, well, yeah, they've been playing bad, good basketball of late, but the majority of the season they've been playing bad. And that's not where we're at. So my expectations have aligned with how well they've played for an extended stretch of time. I wouldn't have this much confidence in this team if they weren't playing with this much confidence. So I'm confident in saying, I'm confident in saying that if (laughs) the team doesn't (laughs) so much confidence going around, but I'm confident in in, in the, in in saying that the team, if they don't make the Easter conference finals, it's a disappointment and they need, and, and like, it's it's a part where they need to win games too it's not like oh okay make the easter Conference finals get swept like the hawks versus the Cavs, like that's Oof. like that. you know what i mean like <laughs> 60 wins and you 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 get swept you're like okay well what was the point of the season they need they they, they they need to make the easter Conference finals they need to win games it's gonna be tough obviously to make the finals which is why i've stopped at the easter Conference finals but that's how much confidence i've i have in the team to 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 succeed in the playoffs especially now that they're kind of creating their own path in a sense you should have more expectations in this team if they're trying to get that chicago matchup in the first round and then you know face whoever comes after that should be more of a reason for you as a fan to say okay well we got chicago that means they're 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 asking for a better road or what they feel is a better road that means they should be confident in how they're playing as well. It shouldn't yes. be oh, it shouldn't be oh, well, um we just played like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like it sh- there shouldn't be any excuse after this.
0: I I agree. And if we can beat Chicago handedly, I'm talking sweep or like a 4-1, the in the first round, that essentially acts like a bye week going into the second round because now you have time to rest to practice, to re-up, to regroup, versus Mm. if you're playing a seven-game series in the first round and then three days later you got to play another, you know, at least four-game series, it's tough. You get tired. So if you can win quick and easy in the first round, you are way better prepared to go into the second. And, I mean, we saw the Celtics two years ago. They swept the Sixers. They had time to prepare for Toronto, and that's great. That's exactly what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to go over to the Western Conference and we'll, we'll, you know, it'll be, it'll be, it remains to be seen. And let's actually, just before we go, Shrey and I were a little off with our picks on what the final season standings (laughs) would be. But, you know, we got Bucks towards the top. That's correct. Bulls, you know, Heat in the middle towards the top. Uh, Hawks, we had in the playoffs. We had them at a sixth seed, I think both of us. That was not the case. Yeah, Celtics, Shrey had a seven, and Celtics, I had an eight. And I was very confident in this in the first half of the season. I did not see them putting stuff together. And 76ers, too, did not think that they were going to be as good as they were. Now, I have to apologize because my worst take, my worst take in a long while, oh, and I don't like looking at this graphic. I said that the New York Knicks were going to be a third seed. Well, I forgot that they had Tom Thibodeau who absolutely runs his players into the ground and uh, they are not in the playoffs. So I apologize. That was a bad take. I led you astray. Other than that, though, not a bad bracket.
1: Yeah, when I look at my Knicks pick, I remember we had this conversation when we were talking about our standings, our projected standings. And the reason why I had the Knicks lower than you was because I felt that they didn't do enough to change their team from what they were last season, right? And it was almost like the Knicks had a little bit of the element of surprise last season, and they and with Randall's improved play, people didn't know how to match up with it, and that's why they were have to they had the success that they did. But then with this year, it felt like okay, they didn't build up upon it. Like they got Kemba Walker, who's on who's on his last legs, bad, obviously bad, didn't play. They got Evan Fournier. That's how bad who, it was.
0: That's how bad it was. And I told – oh, yeah, Joe. Actually, Joe, if you're still listening, <laughs> how about this snake? You're like, is exactly what the New York Knicks need. No, I told you. I said is going to be Garbo dog duty, and that's exactly what he was. The dude didn't even play for most of the season. Not because of injury, just because he's bad. All right, keep going.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, they sat him. Thibodeau said that our lineup, our starting lineup would be better if we had Alec Burks starting and Alec Burks for extended first for the first stretch of the season played pretty well and then what did he do he faded he also was not as good as people thought he was so that was it's interesting too. yeah right if they, you know what would be funny is if they had started Emmanuel quickly and played him the minutes that they played Alec Burks and they played Kemba Walker to start the season they might, they honestly might be in a better place, a little bit better. I don't know how much better, but they might be in a better place. People might be looking at him a little bit better because Emmanuel quickly should have started. If the team was currently const- constructed the way it is, Emmanuel quickly should have been the starter from the get-go. He should have been playing 30, 35 minutes a game, uh, been the primary ball handler. He's far and away the best point guard on that team, far and away. So but to go back to my point is when we were talking about the Knicks, I felt like they didn't do enough, you know, with the moves that they had made in the offseason. And that's why I was like, ah, I don't feel good about him this year. I didn't expect him to be out of the playoff race completely. Bottom of the barrel. And the reason why that happened, I think we've talked about this before, is Randall's attitude. I think Randall has checked out and had checked out for for a little bit. I don't think he's coming with the same vengeance. You know, it feels like uh, New York kind of got to him in a sense where New there was a lot of. York. You're gonna
0: play really bad
1: basketball.
0: Probably miss the playoffs. Now you're in New York. <laughs> All right, keep going. You yeah, know, uh, I I, I think it's a combination of attitude and Tom Thibodeau because we've seen it before and I've seen it again and he continues to coach, but he really does run his guys into the ground. And for Randall, yeah, I think New York got to him, but I think he was also, he couldn't find respite and solace on the court because mm. he's just going to be
1: worked like a dog. I don't, I don't, Timodeau, he can't play 40 minutes a game every night. You see, I would say that, right? But the, he did but he did that last year. He did that last year. I I really think like yes, it it's not a recipe for success when you play everyone 40 minutes a night. And obviously it was to the demise a couple times like, you know, he's he's played RJ Barrett multiple uh massive minute games and he's gotten hurt here and there. And same with Randall and it it, it doesn't help, right? But at the end of the day, when we talk about when they were all healthy and they were all playing together, Julius Randle's play was just, it felt so underwhelming this year. And that it felt like he wasn't having that same aggression going to the basket. It felt like he was playing outside in rather than last year when he was playing inside out and he was hitting mid range after mid range and he was finding people it felt like a lot of his stats were empty. He would have games where he'd shoot four for 17 or four for 16. And not, not, it's not, good, even, not good. It's yeah. not even just the shooting. It's like he'd only have like a couple assists. And it's like that's that was the mark of Julius Randle's basketball is that he was, at least last year, was that he was able to score at a high clip and be consistent at it. But then also be a triple double threat which showed that he was moving the basketball and he was getting other people involved and they were scoring but it wasn't happening he wasn't getting people involved this year it felt like his iso ball was you know he'd be like okay you guys can take it but if you don't do anything well in the next 10 seconds I'm gonna ask for the ball back and I'm gonna chuck it and that was the Knicks band of basketball this year so I'm putting a lot of onus on on Julius Randle for not kind of stepping up and playing the same way he did. And it's so odd because RJ Barrett, I felt gave a more concerted effort this year than Julius Randle did. Which is not what you'd expect. Never would have in my life would have expected RJ Barrett. He made a jump this year. I think now he, I think he got his average over 20, uh, 20 points a game. So like he's made an average, he's made a concerted effort to score the ball consistently. And yeah, he doesn't have the greatest shot in the world, but he's still he's still able to score for this team, and he's still able to to be a pivotal part. Where last year it felt like he would fade at the in the middle of games, and it, and more it was more on Randall, and he was able to 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 be up to task in that sense. But RJ Barrett uh, this year was more up to task than Randall, and I don't know if both of them are going to be on the same page. It feels like a year that it was so disruptive to the Knicks that I'm not sure if. Uh, Randall's going to be back in a next uniform. Like, yeah, like it's getting to a point where they might trade him. So, and
0: I would take, I think that there's a lot of teams that would take him because I think he's still a good player. I really mm. do.
1: But that's yeah. just me. That's I, I don't think him. he's an, I don't think, I don't think after the season people are going to view him as a number one, though. So it's got to be a team that already has a guy. Yes.
0: Yes. I agree. So, Let's uh, go across the United States and go to the Western Conference in terms. Now, before we talk about our big ticket item, which is LaFraud, I did want to talk about our <laughs> I did want to talk. about You starting hot, dude. <laughs> I did want to talk about our picks. Stray and I both had the Jazz and the Suns at the top. Warriors around the 4-3 seed. So that's accurate. Mavs going around, you know, the fifth seed. That's mm-hmm. That's accurate, you know, four or five. Uh, Nuggets. Shrey had them at six. They currently sit at six. That's money. I think uh, they're locked in at six too. So no. Uh, oh well, depends on if the Jazz win or lose. I think they both have one more game. Oh, got you. Okay. So so, but yes. Regardless, though, and again, that's the thing about these seatings is like I work. I'm kind of looking for like general area in yeah, teams. Yeah. You know, like because the games are so close. What we, we actually, but we both predicted the Grizzlies being in the playoffs. We had had them higher. I had them at at seven. seven. Shrey had them at eight. And I think honestly, because based off of last year where we were like, oh, they're good to put them in the playoff prediction. I'm going to consider that a win. I don't know if anybody saw them just like the Suns last year being a two seed. Right. I don't think anybody knew they were going to be this good. But I want to give us credit for putting them in the playoffs and recognizing that that young squad
1: can hoop, really. Yeah, and it's not even just so. When we talk about John Morant, he's obviously in the the grant the the broader MVP picture at this point, right? But he's definitely up there, and he's he was a huge part to this to success of this this year's squad. But we got to talk about the uh, we talk about the others of the Denver Nuggets and and the and the Sixers and the the Bucks, we got to talk about the others for this Grizzlies team because they play so well as a unit, even without Morant. I think there is like a, I don't know what the stat is, but they are like 10 or 50, 10, like at least 10 games above 500 without Morant. And he, I, Morant has missed some considerable time this year. He's, considerable had some time. Yeah. he's had some stretches where he's missed. And so the play of Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. staying healthy. Dude, that's something I would not have fathomed. In his first three years, it felt like I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. It, it, but it's, it's starting to put together. It's starting to click. I don't know whether it's the conditioning or, you know, he's just found a way to stay healthy, playing the game that keeps him the most healthy. The, the Grizzlies have done a great job, too. I feel like people kind of got frustrated with him this year, almost from a statistics standpoint, because he wasn't He wasn't playing minutes high enough. Like He would have minutes where he'd play like 35, 36, but then the next game he'd either miss it or he'd play 23 or 22. But if they're winning games and he's still producing in the, on a permanent basis and he's staying healthy, I think that's what you want, especially going into the playoffs, where you're not going to be able to kind of dictate how many minutes a player plays at that point. If the game is flowing and they're playing well, you kind of have to leave them in. So I think they've kept him considerably healthy. a uh, Kyle Anderson. I, Kyle like, Anderson. He's he's a steady low force low. off the bench. It, yeah, you know what I mean. Like they yeah. have, they Great have players. guys that you know what I mean. Like even their even their low low bench guys have stepped up. Like S- Santi Aldama has had games. Stephen Ad- Adams has had some games. Oh, uh, you know what I mean. I like, know
0: Stephen Adams, but yeah, Santi Aldama. I know we've talked about that before. And well, it's a culture thing. It's a culture thing. It's trust. They're young. They're hungry. They don't want to be slept on. And I think that's a great way to develop talent. And when you're behind a guy who is also like, while he's emerging into stardom, he still is, again, young and hungry in John Morant. Oh, yeah. John Morant is is D-Rose 2.0. I mean, talk about a guard that can just jump awesome anyway the hope, the hope
1: is the health at this point i think same the with is the how we yeah. talk about when, when we were talking about rose at that time we were so enamored with the the athleticism that we kind of did we kind of felt that he was invincible to a point where you were like man this guy c- consistently gets to the rack he gets height and elevation on layups his ability to double clutch and shoot and drive in traffic was unbelievable and this is the same thing we talk about job but knowing how uh injuries derailed rose's career that's kind of always in the back of your mind with an athletic guard like that that does take the hits go to the basket and so i think we're i think at least for me when we bring up the comparisons of rose I, i'm c- concerned about the injury aspect of him so i'm hopeful that he stays healthy and i think that doesn't kind of do hopefully that doesn't derail his career in a sense yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. The one thing that Shrey and I both got incredibly wrong. Incredibly wrong. Incredibly wrong. Incredibly like, wrong. Like, like, did not think that it was going to go this bad. Worse than the New York Knicks. Uh, really, wait, really bad. Worse, worse. No, like really, like a lot worse. Than no, the like New a York lot Knicks. bad. The Knicks taste was the Blazers. Holy
1: cow. Oh, they won. well, can we blame ourselves for that one? No, I thought you were going. I thought you were going a different direction, but oh no, 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 no. That
0: one's next. You're right. That one is really bad. This one's bad. Okay, you're right. This one's bad. The Blazers. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I guess reaping the. Well, I don't know how to put this, but I'm not. I'm not taking too much credit for putting them up too high, because based off last year, yeah. Based off of last year, right? Obviously, CJ.
0: Ready exactly exactly
1: and then at, and yeah, then at the Nurk end of the day back. yeah at the end of the day uh they had a direction once lillard got injured uh which to tank i yeah w- which which i actually in fantasy uh was seeing rumors that especially the way chauncey billups was talking about lillard or early on when he was having the issues i was like ooh, okay i'm gonna keep this in my mind and then when Lillard was out for that like first week when they said, oh, he's only going to be out a week, I immediately scooped up Simons. And I was like, it didn't help at no. the end of the day. I still sucked in fantasy. But <laughs> I was happy. I was happy that, like, okay, I was kind of reading into, like, the little rumors about, oh, yeah, Lillard's fine. He's going to come back after the All-Star break. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. When he got out for that first week, and they were like, he's going to be fine. I was like, nah, I got to pick up Simons. So... I knew kind of the direction they were going once Lillard was out and then they were talking about him and everything. So I'm not taking too much credit for putting him up there because all things considered, if they had everyone there, they would be a seven or eight seat.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's fair. Now, drum roll, please. As we talk about the most atrocious, the most disappointing, the most dog duty performance in (laughs) recent years. Magic Johnson was right to get the heck out. LeFran, Jinping, and the LALs missed the frickin' playoffs.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> every <laughs> wow! Every Laker hater meme was spoken in the past
0: 10 seconds. And every LeBron, LeBron's tweet, he's like, all I want you to do is keep the same energy when it all starts happening. He's like, my wish, my only wish is to keep our names
1: in your mouths when it all changes. Okay, LeBron. You don't know how many compilations I've seen on Twitter. <laughs> Of all the all the <laughs> tweets in the beginning, where it's like who who's beating uh who's who's winning this who's winning this series in seven? again, okay, and it's like the Lakers like intro pictures and stuff and then the LeBron tweet and like the why not us and all that stuff. And then fast forward to all these such <laughs> like a miss after miss after lost game after lost game in this compilation. I was like I was like, it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I, 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 Shrey, I have no words for how bad this season was for the LA Lakers. I yeah. have no words for how bad this season was for the LA Lakers. I mean, Shrey put him at three. And if you think about it objectively, that's fine. That's a fine take. You're, you know, you have Russell Westbrook, superstar. You've mm-hmm. got LeBron, freaking James, the best player, arguably, so with KD, one of the, just one of the greatest of all time. One of the best players in the league right now. He's freaking LeBron. He can still do it at age 37. I don't care what you say. You have Anthony Davis, a strong shooting, post-playing, dunking, high-flying power forward who is also a generational talent when his bones aren't made out of glass. But but you have him regardless. You bring back Dwight Howard. Then you bring in Carmelo Anthony, which I thought he was a better fit on the Blazers, but we could see that the guy can still hoop. You bring back Wayne Ellington. You're like, oh, okay.
1: But – you have a squad so you give, don't forget they gave Taylor Horton Tucker all that money too they gave him a they gave him a contract. THT, they expected him.
0: THC right so objectively at the beginning of the year. You have a squad. You are ready to go. So a third round, and I know Lakers fans, man. I live in Arizona. So there are Lakers fans just kind of permeating every which way. You see, you know, LA hats and stuff. It's disgusting. The stench. The st- <laughs> something stench. <laughs> and you see them and they talk. Oh my God, do they talk? They they're like LA winning this. L.A. winning this. L.A. winning this. Like, you guys don't even understand. Then they're off to a slow start. They're like, L.A. winning this. The entire year, even when they were just – it was clear that they were going to, like, not do well. L.A. winning this. Now, now the hammer has fallen, and we see that LaFraud and his group of old heads is just – like, to not even
1: make the play-in, absurd. Yeah, it's insane, too, because when we talk about injured – teams right if you looked at the lakers in a vacuum you would say oh well lebron was out for a while ad was out for a while and then you have russ and kind of how the team is constituted what are they going to do right but i want to compare them to a similar team in the nets in that kd was out for most of the season right he had a huge stretch Kyrie was a part-time player, and for most of the season, from October to January, no, sorry, October to March, wasn't playing road games at all, so, like, to be, to, to then have, to go through that, and, and have them be in the seventh seed going into the play-in, but then say, oh, the, but the Lakers were injured. What do you expect from them? Like AD wasn't there. Like, huh? Like, so, you, so, so the Nets, so the Nets can win with Cam Thomas and Patty Mills. But, but the Lakers, if they, if, if the Lakers can't win with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk, yeah. So it's like you, you can't have it both ways, right? So you can't have it both I,
0: ways, right?
1: When I talk about the Lakers, I have to compare them to the Nets because. They were in similar situations and one team actually overcame adversity, whether it was, you know, internal or not, they overcame it. And it doesn't matter at this point because they're in the playoffs. The other team crumbled because of it. And it was, it was, it was a fact of. If the Minnesota Timberwolves can get their act together. If the LA
0: Clippers who Mm. I watched without Paul George and Kawhi are a hospital team. Insane. A hospital team. If they can go forty and forty on the season, finish. I don't know what their last game is going to be, but finish about five hundred. The, the, the Pelicans. Yeah. The Spurs. Yeah. And the L. A. Lakers miss the playing. You've won. You won thirty two games this season. Oh, my God. And that's the thing, right? We talk about it like we're like LeBron is a talent. But if you can't affect winning and make the people better, it doesn't do any good at the end of the day. And that's the bottom line. I don't care that he dropped 50. I mean, I think it's impressive at 37. It's insane. But I don't care. He didn't win the game. Yeah. Yeah. There was and a lot of those moments. guys. All those moments, all this talent, and everybody starts to just point fingers. They're like, Russ, 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 Russ. Russ with the Washington Wizards and Bradley Beal, and half not Bradley Beal, did better than the LA Lakers with LeBron, AD, Dwight Howard,
1: THT, and Westbrook, and Malik Monk. I, it's, really. it's, it's pretty insane. I will say this, though. I've, I've heard both sides of the argument with Westbrook, where I've heard, oh, he's getting – you know he's the hate is deserved and he's played like crap okay i've heard that argument i've also heard the argument is uh why is everything falling on russ's lap you know there's injuries involved russ is staying healthy at least he's playing the games fine both are true like you know what i mean like why they're can't we meet mutually in the middle? exclusive yeah, yeah they're okay. not mutually exclusive yeah. russ has You're not right. played yeah. well russ has not played well and I think I think he he'll tell you that especially during the games he's not played well, and I think he's kind of, kind of been coy about it in the beginning of the year, where you know he was like, uh, you know I play my game and you know this is what I do and you know whatever, but when we talk about it, he's got to be aggressive and affecting the game and he's got to learn how to play with the players that he, like play with LeBron and AD. He wasn't able to do that this year. Even in the games, they were all healthy. They were they were still losing games, so it's not like everything was you know coming out roses when they were all playing together. No, 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 no. That, that it didn't happen that way. They weren't winning so many games with all of them. So we can't say that they figured it out too. And I think that's when we were talking about our our rankings. We I I at least had them at three because I assumed a team with LeBron would figure it out because when we look at the track record of LeBron, I can't hold any, I can't hold any punches by saying, oh yeah, no, look at this team. They're not going to figure it out. I have to look at the track record with the LeBron team in the past. And when he has the players around him, he's made, he's made the most of it. I did not expect when Russell Westbrook were to come in that it would, uh, that it would derail everything. And also I wouldn't expect them. I would, I didn't, we didn't expect at least max the moves that they made to be as. minute in terms of impact as possible. Like remember, we were talking about Malik month and mellow and Wayne Ellington. And, and I felt like, okay, these were going to be moves and, you know, signing THC and we felt like, okay, these were going to be moves that were like a part of, Oh, everyone wants to play with these guys. Depth. Good moves. But then they were counted on so much more than we probably thought that they were going to be counted on. That it ended up being bad construction because they had to play way more and they had a way bigger role than they probably should have had. And then that that caused yeah. their demise because none of the none of the either the players were injured, the star players were injured, or weren't playing well. So it's like that's, I kind of think that's where we we're coming from, not to speak for you, but like, I think that's where we we're coming from is like, they had all the talent, they just never figured it out. And I, we didn't kind of fathom that a LeBron team that had the talent could figure it out. That's
0: yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is, right? Because you talk about greatness and you talk about value and you think that LeBron could elevate these guys. Yeah. They're a little geriatric. Yeah. Most of them were over 35. Yeah, they ran the <laughs> slowest and and ran the least out of any NBA team this entire season. You could see the age catching up to them. But yeah, we thought, I straight, I put them at six. I was like, the Lakers still have it because they have AD, LeBron. I mean, these are guys, and Dwight Howard, these are guys who just won a chip together two years yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, they can figure it out. They can figure it out. And yes, Westbrook is a ball guy. He's a ball-dominant guy. And that was our biggest question. And that's why I put him at a sixth seed because i didn't think that they were going to really figure out how to play together but i thought they were going to alternate minutes right when lebron comes out westbrook goes in mm-hmm. right if westbrook is not having a good night he's not going to close up the game lebron goes in if lebron gets hurt, gets hurt westbrook who stays healthy is going to play you know that's really what i thought but you can so see a, that there was just such a, a lack of trust yeah across in in a lack of utter lack of chemistry across that entire team that
1: they imploded yeah, and that's that's the thing too is you you kind of hit the nail, nail on the hammer when we were talking about our our um our picks and especially how you how you quantified the Lakers is that you you talked to them talked about them in terms of a staggered LeBron Westbrook kind of deal. And I feel right, like I didn't think they were going to work out together. Yeah. And 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 kind of hindsight 2020, you can't play like that. You know what I mean? Like you can't have a team like that's when we were talking about the Celtics. And when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown weren't playing well together, people are like, oh, maybe they should stagger their minutes. But if the players aren't playing well together, then you're not going to have those moments where you can really take over games. And so, yes. so w- w- if we were originally talking about the Lakers and LeBron and Westbrook having to stagger minutes, then it's kind of a sign of like, oh, like your best players got play to play they got to play together on the floor that's how you win mm-hmm. games they can't they can't you can't stagger your 100%. stars because one's not going to play well that means the that means the construction of the team is horrible and it ended up being so it's just with the celtics the tatum and brown figured it out at least for, at least for the second half of the season they were able to play together and dominate games the lakers were never able to do that mm-hmm. and that's a reflection on palinka the gm and his construction of okay let's bring in russell westbrook the talent but not realize where he fits and then when they had the and then you know he had the contract so it's tough to move him they also weren't able to make the moves uh in the middle of the season anyways to to figure out how to to, to work around that so they didn't do it, they, they made the wrong move in the offseason. They also didn't make any moves in the midseason. They didn't make recipe th- for a disaster. When the,
0: when the Lakers and the Knicks both failed to move people at the trade deadline, that's when you know it's bad. Because <laughs> when you know that stuff isn't working, but you fail to like get rid of anything. And that's why I mm. had such a problem with the Celtics for years. Mm. We knew that things weren't working, but they couldn't make the changes. They couldn't commit to just cutting the chaff, cutting the fat and, and, and re, re-upping the team. And I'm not saying blow it up. But if you know that Wayne Ellington isn't doing you anything, get get him out for a pick, at least. At least if you're going to
1: run a franchise. THT. And that's it. They could have done some moves. They could have kicked they some guys moved, out. And
0: there was, there was interest. There was interest in a number of players. You could have moved Malik Monk, because that dude has been hooping the whole year.
1: It's the only problem is they value all those guys so much. And it's kind of like that, um, that Celtics thing where it's like. But they oh, could have traded Westbrook. They could have traded Westbrook.
0: It would have been tough. Interest. They could have been tough, but there was interest. There was interest.
1: They weren't willing to cut any losses. That's the one thing. It's like they, they were willing to AD. say
0: they could have traded AD, even injured.
1: I say I. W- I don't know if I would have done that. I think that would have. I think that one you got to have to play out because that's. I'm just saying. You. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, know, I think I know. the Westbrook one was definitely in the in the cards because it's all about you know. You played the odds. You figured out that, you know, midway through the the Westbrook thing isn't working, and so there's intrigue in the player, but it's up to you to figure out. Okay, I'm I ha, will I am I willing to take a loss on this and not get back equitable value for this. And the Lakers weren't able to what, do what it. do you I run th- an ROI analysis over there,
0: Shrey? No, I am sure
1: you're right. Like That's you important. know what I mean? Like yeah. now when you look at the now the season's over, or for the Lakers at least, not for everyone else. Uh when you look at the the Lakers season and the off season, people are saying, Oh, now they can do the Westbrook Wall trade. And it's like, huh? Like so you waited the you waited the season to come out. And now rumors are coming out that you want to trade Westbrook for Wall. Like that's a worse trade. Like I would have traded him to a team, say like Charlotte or something that, you know, now is coming out and saying they have intrigue in him and taken back what I could have gotten the same way the Wizards screwed you over and took back what they got and they turned something out of nothing. You know what I mean? Like you get a couple pieces, you never know how they might fit versus how Westbrook fit and they could fit better so it's Uh, like
0: uh, 110 percent.
1: you know what i mean like having like if they if you felt like it didn't work and you wanted to salvage the season they could have done something i think that's something that you were keyed on on that's really important they could have done something but they decided to run it out because i I think in their mind they don't want to look like fools and say oh we messed up with this with this choice and we're gonna have to (laughs) fool you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah yeah well I mean that's that's when you actually legitimately have to do an ROI and kind of figure it out, and uh, you got to make the changes. You got to make the changes. I don't know. Yeah, that's just me though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just poor old us. Poor old us. All right. So all I want to say about the you know and a long episode, a lot of stuff to talk about, but all I'm going to say about the West playoffs, and it's cut and dry for me. I'm sorry. I don't care what your take is. Sons and foe. the 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 phoenix suns are coming out of the west i i literally i don't care and i will not hear it and you can quote me on this if they lose by some miracle they there's every team in the playoffs in the west the suns can beat and have beaten and will continue to be especially in a seven game series when they are all healthy now so good luck
1: good luck everyone suns and foe so so max uh right before we leave who by the time our next episode comes out the playoffs will have started who you got in the finals i guess that's the suns. finals matchup suns and Celtics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it's t-
0: oh shrey god if, if i have to pick one if i have to pick just one, yeah so- yeah
1: no judgment zone
0: If I have to pick a team, I think the Nets could lose, man. The Bucs could lose. I don't ever see Philly leaving the second round. Could be Suns Heat if the Heat really... I mean, they're hot right now. Heat's a good team. Could be the Celtics. It could be the Celtics. Raptors, no, I don't see it. Bulls are going to fall apart. Nets, hmm. Because when you get to the conference finals, again, it's it's Nets. It's like they've been playing with just two guys. I don't know. Mm. I'm going to say it's going to be, you know what, Shrey? It's going to be my dream finals. I'm going to manifest this. It's going to be my dream finals, Suns and Celtics. Okay. Book it.
1: Okay. Jason yeah, I Tatum like that. Wins, though. Jason Tatum wins. I, I like that. I like that. I think, I think for me, I know this is very corny, but I think I'm – but it's a safe choice, and I like safe right now. You can't, you can't tell me any different. So I'm going to (laughs) say, I'm going to say Suns Bucks again, because no one can hate me. And, uh, you know what I mean? And it's also a good choice if it ends up happening.
0: That's fair. And it's also likely I, I see, I see Suns Bucks being a possibility, but I'm going to manifest positivity. Sun Celtics. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. They got to make that Uh, Easter
1: conference final, dude. I don't know what to tell you. They got to do it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep, and then we beat Giannis in four. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? I'm being realistic. They just break his legs. It's the only way to stop. It. No, I'm just no, I don't advocate for injury or violence. All right. This has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time.
1: Peace.